This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey everybody, it's Weird Islanders, the podcast, back once again for a brand new season of Nostalgic Fun with Friends. My name is Dan, with me again is my friend Mike. What's going on tonight, Mike? Uh, not too much, uh, Dan. This is a an episode you and I have been talking about, uh, both player, I guess, player and guest for, I don't know, like, I think when, when we came up with this idea for a podcast and had, like, kind of discussed, like, the, the kind of general theme of it and how it would work. I think this player would probably be the one that a lot of people from the outside, like if you asked someone from Montreal or you know Vancouver, like, oh, you know, we do this podcast, Weird Islanders, and uh, it's about guys who basically stop by the island, uh, and you don't think of them as islanders, but you know they're they're islanders, so we we we're obsessed with them. <laughs> uh, you know. They, I think their first thoughts would come. One, this player would definitely come to mind for a lot of them, you know, because you'd get like you know, oh, like like Trevor Linden or like Wendell Clark, and then I think this guy would definitely be a top of mind for a lot of players of a certain, a lot of people of a certain era, both in terms of the way he looked and his equipment, um, and his personality and and the circumstances of his arrival and departure. Uh, there was a lot. There's a lot to to dig into here, um, and we have a a great guest to do it with. 
that this is definitely uh, a player who was one of the first ones on the list and a guest who was one of the first ones on the list because we kind of wanted to highlight some friends of ours who have, uh, you know, uh, bring a lot to the table and maybe don't have quite the, the profile that they we feel that they should. And our guest is one of those. So uh, if you have been on Islanders Twitter for a long time, you may know every once in a while a Twitter handle pops up that bears the name of Ole Kavasha who was an Islander uh, for a couple of years there in the 90s. And uh, I don't know if we call him a, a folk hero or or maybe a legend uh, in some way, shape, or form. Well, the bad news is that is not actually Ole Kavasha. The good news is that the man who does run that account is one of the funniest and one, most insightful Islanders fans that we know and we find on Twitter. And he is with us tonight, and his name is John Muir. John, what's going on? Gentlemen, thank you for having me. And that th- those are very kind words. I <laughs> There's a lot of people I want to, I want to share that with who will, t- <laughs> because if you find me funny, I think I, I, th- I think I've won, but no, I, I appreciate it. I'm very excited when, uh, when you guys reached out to me, I was on a work trip and I was just like, I, I don't, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. And I got back, my wife fixed me at the airport. She's like, how was it? They want me to be on weird Isle. She's like, you were just across the country and you're talking about that. Yeah, I am. So I'm excited. And yeah, first of all, sorry for uh, completely derailing your work trip, but uh, oh, you didn't trust me. Okay. (laughs) But uh, before we get to tonight's weird Islander, we have to ask, why is your Twitter handle like Kavasha? (laughs) Okay. So I don't know where to begin with this. So there's the, the time I met him in the most bizarre, bizarre place at the Coliseum. So it was preseason. 2000 2001 and it was my freshman year at Hofstra I I think they they got the snot kicked out of them like nine to two nine to four by the devils <laughs> and that was not why this is so memorable I was on the concourse and not remember how there were like the little merch stands like the size of like yeah, a Carvel yeah. cart right. versus yeah so it was one, one of those and this like I'm just about six five Wow. This dude who made me feel small comes up and he's got this long blonde hair and he's like barely older than me. Or at least he looks like that. Comes up and says, uh, we'll hold those shirt piece. Uh, what color is like? Um, do whatever's big. <laughs> it's Kavasha because wow. who had just been acquired for Luongo right. and he's buying his own damn polo shirt on the concourse <laughs> during a preseason game. <laughs> and then you know, Twitter came. Then many years, many years down the road, Twitter comes along, and I'm thinking, you know, I go through a couple different iterations, and one day I'm just like, do do I go in on a joke or do I just take it because he hasn't, and he is a le- like, this is past. His career was over. He was a legend for being there, for not being there. He was the basically the. Ovechkin controller disconnect before that was a before that was a thing. <laughs> but and he was that every game, basically. He was that. like, yeah. <laughs> then he had the knee surgery and he be, he came back king of the world. Right. And then he fell apart. And then he went to he got traded uh, to Phoenix. And then yeah. he went back to Russia. But there there were a lot of at the, so at the time at around oh six oh seven on the message board there was this whole like king you know who is kavasha and like he's the rule of the world and i remember in my very early poor ms paint photoshop 
adventures like photoshopping him onto money photoshopping him into those you know um <laughs> like coming out of a dinosaur egg like the <laughs> dumbest things and just like this is our king right and because of that like one day brad lukowicz started following me <laughs> and then 30 minutes later brad lukowicz stopped following me that's funny well that was gonna be my second question was has anybody ever mistook you for yes Oleg Kavashi? but at least we, we know at least one person did and it was brad lukowicz yeah. well no it's actually two the other one is steve alaket Oh God. Uh. and I think it was, and that he would, and I, I don't know if I chirped him on something mm. or what, but I'm pretty sure that like for less than 30 minutes or fewer mm. than 30 minutes, he followed me and then blocked me. <laughs> You're a soccer fan. I'm a soccer fan. So there's always that, you know, moment after a game, especially in international tournaments and stuff when players trade jerseys, like they do mm-hmm. the Jersey swap. I'm really excited for you and Oleg to do a, a Twitter swap you know, when he finds out who you are and the two of you will shake hands on the concourse at UBS arena and just exchange handles. Maybe he'll, he'll be John Muir and you can be uh, Oli Kavash. Maybe. Really funny. We'll get Look, a picture of you too. I mean, I, mean, I don't, I I'll, we'll try to get a picture not, of you too. You'll faint. I'm sure you'll faint if, if you had that opportunity. Oh no, I will. I absolutely will. And I'm going to, I may bring a polo shirt for him to sign. <laughs> bring it all back like, around. Man, that's oh, bring the a whole beautiful thing. story. That's so, yeah, that because you just know Milbury, Milbury was like, uh, you're, you're not up to the dress code. Uh, you need to work, put on your Islander dre- uh, polo shirt when you're a scratch in preseason. All like, and he's like, okay, where is it? He's like, you got to go buy it. We don't, right, yeah. you got to buy the soda. You got to buy the chips. The vending machine isn't free here, buddy. Yeah, no. Exactly. And the fact it's, if he bought five mm-hmm. and not for himself, but like varying sizes, varying colors, you know, friends and family. All right. Still weird, but that would have been a much more appreciable right um that's the kind of thing you expect a, a, a yeah. professional athlete to do right like <laughs> yeah but no one just yeah. one in just the biggest size because i mean i i can't even i cannot even create the words in the english language to tell you just the, the shock <laughs> and awe of seeing this well that that's yeah. an amazing story i never heard the full story but that that's amazing and uh to hear more about uh brad lukowich and steve valiquette tune into later episodes of weird islanders because i promise you they were both be the subjects of episodes of this podcast uh steve valiquette is on my my guest wish list so we'll see about getting him maybe on one time and we'll ask him about his interaction with not Oleg Kavasha, but uh, we have another weird Islander to talk about tonight and we should get to him. And uh, again, he's a guy who we have a million, th- I personally have a million things to say about and he was a perfect pick. And so John Muir, will you please reveal the subject of tonight's episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast? For less than a calendar year, number 55 in your hearts, number 28 in your hearts, number one in your hearts, <laughs> Felix Potvin. We're going to talk about that 55 because, man, it, it's funny how time changes your <laughs> opinion on things. But uh, uh, let, let's just start with right off the bat, like, what made you pick Felix Potvan other than the obvious? I mean, this guy, what, a, what an insane time period this guy played in and what an insane trade this was. And was, was there, are there spe- going to be specific memories of Felix Potvan that you have or is it just sort of like the time period? Kind important. of both. It, yeah. it, it, it's it's a mishmash because he only played. F- he was only an Islander from January 9th to December nineteenth. So the trade happened the day before my seventeenth birthday. The trade that brought Felix Potvin he, to the Islanders was for Brian Burrard, who had and, won the Calder Trophy two years before. <laughs> yeah, and they the ritualistic we're going to swap six round 
picks for yeah. no reason whatsoever. <laughs> right. And the thing was with Pod, we'll talk about Berard in a little bit, but the thing with Podvan was that he had played with the Leafs for a long time. He had led them to two conference finals. Um, he was third in Calder voting, but the Leafs, as they are wont to do, signed a free agent. I know. Amazing. Unbelievable. Nobody had ever <laughs> seen that before. And it was Curtis Joseph, who was, quite frankly, at that time, a much better goaltender than Felix Podvan was. And so Felix was not happy about it. And I don't remember if they sent him home or he was just like, screw this, I'm out of here. And he just went home. But he sat for several months uh, waiting for a trade because he didn't want to share the crease and didn't feel he felt like, you know, the Leafs had kind of rolled the bus over him. And when the time came for him to be traded, it was to the Islanders. And I got to tell you, I don't remember them being on the list of teams that was in the mix for Felix Potvan. And I certainly don't remember people being like, oh, yeah, they'll trade Berard for him. This was insane. So this happened before your friend's birthday? No, my birthday. Oh, your birthday. <laughs> yeah. Because like this happened actually, if based on our prior conversation, like in between us. So this was like the weirdest birthday present ever. Right. Yeah. For you, it sucked. For me, it was kind of cool. Like, <laughs> I have now, full disclosure, for as much as my Islanders fandom came from, I was a Nordiques fan first. Oh, wow. And then going one game at the Coliseum, like completely like traitorously changed my colors <laughs> it was amazing but but also i had like every hockey poster you can think of like i had a bunch of islanders ones i had a couple of avalanche ones some a nordiques one like a joe sackett wearing 88 mm. uh, oh wow nordiques poster uh these two are i mean i'm gonna probably get some a lot of flack for this i had a legion of doom poster because they were the <laughs> hottest i mean they were literally and figuratively the hugest thing ever yeah and it was the image was cool. The name was cool. The poster itself was cool. This is Hockey Legion of Doom. Renberg. Yes, not, Lindros, no, not, not wrestling. No, Legion of Doom. <laughs> it, no, but if I had one of those, I, yeah. I would have been equally as happy. Um, <laughs> but I also had a Felix Potvin poster, and it's the one where it looks like it's that like high school portrait or like yeah. he, it, one of them is like one picture of him, just his head is like semi translucent. The other one is the full body and he's looking kind of badass. But the way they colored it, that looks like the city of Toronto is on fire behind him, which for a hockey poster, that kind of is right. every waking second of their yeah. existence. So, but what you were saying before, I knew he was good. And he, so there's, he was always on my mind of, man, what if the Isles got him? Because as much as you love the Tommies, and Fichot was, yeah. you know, in the pipeline. It was a th as much as the team wanted to say all our future is based in goal. Their future was nothing, and their goal, their goaltending prospects at, like, ever, like mm -hmm. honestly, after Kelly Rudy, were nothing. <laughs> and I just kept thinking, this dude looks the coolest because he has the coolest masks. He has the most insane looking gear. What if he were an Islander? So he gets traded. To me, he's like the quintessential Mike Milbury Islander. Mm -hmm. He was an injured, disgruntled goaltender upon <laughs> arrival. He was an injured, disgruntled goaltender upon departure. He Milbury bought high, sold low, <laughs> and everything in the middle sucked. Yeah, basically. And yeah. and it was and everything out of Mike's mouth was un not unbelievable yeah. in in the grandiose it was no i cannot believe what you're telling no, me yeah we're not we're, even we're, for we're just, you yeah we're just not, <laughs> so, we know you're lying <laughs> it was great to have the name it was great to have right. you know the pedigree but yeah. as we're going to talk about 
no. no. <laughs> yeah. So, well, before we get to, to Milbury, we'll talk about him when we get to the other goalie the Islanders had at the time. So, Mike, how, how old were you when this trade went down? Because John and I are both way older than you are. We, we, I mean, I was like, I was working at Barnes and Noble, I think when this trade went down. So I was, I was well into college, but like you were probably really little when this happened. Like, was this exciting? Yeah. Was this like, why did they trade Brian Burrow? Like, were you aware of what was going on when this trade happened? Yeah. So I was nine when this trade happened or just about between eight and nine uh, turn. I would have turned nine, like three months later. And uh, the thing I remember the most is just know, knowing the name. Like, it's a cool name. It's a hockey name. It's right. the, It was the cat. Yeah, the cat. <laughs> the helmet. Yeah. Um, Felix Potvin is an Islander. Like, that's cool. It was cool to think about and say. Uh, but I remember I, my older brother, uh, David, who uh, I blame for, I guess, getting me into the Islanders, <laughs> was not happy about this. Like, he was, he was because he kind of explained to me, like, yeah, it's cool that like Felix Potvin's an Islander, but it's not good because we traded Brian Burrard and you know Mike Milbury is a sociopath. Like this isn't, this isn't <laughs> you know the, the, he he was a big um, Tommy Salo guy, and obviously this meant the end for Salo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean I remember that, and I just remember I think the his first game with those with uh, where he had like his Islander gear. Uh, just thinking about like wow, that's really cool. Like this. Why aren't all goalies like that? And and I think it kind of got me into, um, remember like he, he's probably the reason I I can tell you what like Steve Shields shark helmet looked like or or like Roman <laughs> Turek like we talk about Turek's Iron Maiden helmet on the show yeah. um, at least once or twice a season and uh and it's because of, like I was like wow this guy's awesome he's got this cool mascot for the Islanders they're calling him the cat uh but then I I also remember going to a game not too long after that trade happened obviously they were terrible and uh people were just really mad like <laughs> walked into the coliseum and the one of the great things about the coliseum and i think this actually translated pretty well to ubs because of how, uh, the, the in the inner workings of ubs like where the actual rink is just tight you're kind of on top of people like you 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 feel exactly what the mood of the fan base is as soon as you open the door to walk in and I just remember being like a kid and knowing like, oh, wow, people are mad. Uh, <laughs> and they're, they're at this hockey game and they're mad they're here or they're mad at the team or everyone's just mad. And um, and and it was, I guess, justified when you think about it. But yeah, like the, the he's like, I just think it was funny that what dawned on me was the Islanders have, you know, a hockey name back. Like Ziggy Palfi is, is a ho- legendary hockey name, Felix Pot fan legendary hockey name in terms of like the literal name um and the islanders had him uh so yeah. i thought that was cool but then i knew oh god you know this isn't good <laughs> well let's so let's let's talk about the name and his first number which john mentioned off the bat too so obviously dennis potvan by this point his number had been retired for many years war number five so felix potvan shows up and the first number he gets is 55 now he wore 29 with the leafs he would eventually wear 28 with the islanders but I remember him getting 55 because I believe his first game was on the road. And I remember thinking, wow, that's that's kind of cool. But now, 30 odd years later, I'm thinking to myself, man, that's goddamn insulting to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> to Dennis Potvan, to Felix Potvan, to the Islanders. Who made that decision? That was that was dumb. Like, I just, I mean. The, <laughs> the, the new like, Potvan. Yeah, like, come on. Like, I mean, John, did you, 
Were you cognizant of that? I mean, you were the one who was excited for this. Like, were you like, oh man, no. that's awesome. <laughs> no, because I didn't see that. I didn't see his first game with the uh-huh. team because I don't, he backed up Marcel Cousineau that night in Montreal. Oh, wow. okay. So he had, <laughs> so. Right. And, and Salo had to stay home. He, they, they no, told yeah. Salo well, yeah, he, home. yeah. So Milbury told Salo to stay in the hotel <laughs> in Montreal. And this was one of the, yeah. So there's and this there's, is what six months after the two of them had a fight that Millberry made him cry in arbitration or whatever, something like that. Yeah. And oh, with the well, and, and someone was in the room saying, you know, Millberry. It's not that he went after him; he just answered the question. So like, don't no no Millberry. We know what Millberry did. Don't sugarcoat that. Um, but so this. I have a couple of different things open right now. Pop Ben was actually driving to like a cousin's house when he gets the phone call from Milbury saying you're yeah. a New York Islander. And this was at a time, like this is how bad it was with the Leafs because of the Cujo signing mm-hmm. um, that he was excited to go to the 13th place <laughs> on the Schneid Islanders team because he could, he could walk in and be the, you know, and fight to be the man, which Tommy Salo was my first, if you want to, my first Islanders love. It was my first <laughs> Isles jersey. I was wow. at his first, I was at Tommy Salo's first career win actually against the Nordiques. Oh, wow. It was a, it was a 4-2 win in April of 95. And wow. what, what got me excited was two legitimate goaltenders. They're both 27 years old. They both have bright futures except for the Mike Milbury factor. Um, <laughs> But I didn't know that he wore 55 until after the fact because the next game I the next game I saw was what a couple nights later, hmm. um, it was the Capitals game, yeah, and it was his first start and he's wearing 28. And I'm like, all right, Kenny's got 29, 28. So it's, it's a it's kind of a weird number for a goalie, but it's still in the 20s. It's fine, but I didn't know it, it wasn't until later, and this was. I mean, the article that I that I found that even the only article I ever found that references the number is a New York Times article from 1999. This is, <laughs> I mean, this is dial up. This is when the yeah. the whatever was on the internet matched what was trying to catch up and match what was in the you know physical print. So I actually had no idea for years that he wore 55 until I saw, I was I don't know what dumb thing I was what dumb project I was trying to do. And when I say project, I mean, you know, I should be doing something legitimate with my life, my day, but I was looking up pictures of Felix Botvin and I saw him wearing 55. I'm like, what on earth is this? Hmm. And this one snippet from the January 11th, 1999 New York times article, Milbury had asked Potvin to dress for Saturday night's game, giving him only a few hours to pack his bags, to pack his pads into a bag, grab a few sticks and get over to the arena in time for warmups where Islanders equipment managers were scrambling to get a number 55 sweater ready. Potvin wore 28 and 29 in Toronto, but Kenny Johnson wears that number for the Islanders. I have a feeling, and I actually, this may be one of the several points throughout this, that, you know, we're on different sides of the coin. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> and, and wretched, because literally, you were, he was told that day, you're going to be an Islander, you need to be in uniform, you're going to mm. be backing up. Yeah. Fine. You need a number. I don't know what number is not in like, think about, right. This was, this was a time where 
I mean, Ziggy hadn't been traded yet, if memory serves. No. It was 99. So he's still there, but he had already switched from 68 to 16. Most defensemen are still wearing low numbers. Or they're wearing super ridiculous, like, you know, the Matt Schneider 72. <laughs> but what number could he pull out of a bag that would be that he could use in an instant? And I think if in retrospect, I'm hoping this is in retrospect, that he <laughs> realized, what if I just doubled it up? Kind of like when Ray Bork went from seven to seventy seven. I'm right. not comparing the two and their careers. I am purely <laughs> comparing the two situations. But that seemed cool to me. Like, to, to me, that is a moment where he knew where he was going. And Potvin's a Montreal guy. Dennis is a Montreal guy. Hmm. There's, I, I see more of it as a, I'm going to try to do something cool until we can get something figured out. The one part of the story that I've heard anecdotally was that it was not done, that the, number, that the jersey was not made in the arena. They actually had to go to a local, like, pro shop kind of like okay kind of like if they had to go to stitches in in whitestone i'm not trying to give them a shameless cheap plug i'm just thinking out loud or they just went to like you know the local merchandise place to to do that it's like the rangers sending out somebody's jersey to to cosby's which is right outside the garden yeah and (laughs) they just had to scramble and someone and either he or they just thought oh made the correlation potven five fifty five done like You don't have to put thought into that. I kind of dig that. And <laughs> I mean, the other thing I know, and I know you guys have enjoyed my shenanigans is on Capital District Islander. Yes. Shameless self-plug. That was on purpose. But <laughs> the whole thing with the, that Trevor Linden jersey for that like one night where they wore that like ridiculous hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want one. I want to get that jersey. Let's see if <laughs> someone can make that. And two, I want a pot van 55. Because it's just, why wouldn't you? Because it's ridiculous. And it fits in a weird spot. He wore it for one game. They make it back home to the, you know, to Long Island. But they don't, but at least they have the head, you know, the heads up because his next game is here in DC Mm. and they can get appropriate, you know, stuff made for him. Look, even if all that, even my assumption is wrong. I reject your reality and substitute my own. <laughs> I, I think I think the story's great, yeah. and it really could have set the stage for him staying. And what if he wore that the whole mm. time? <laughs> because again, he's like the king of the what ifs, right? Yeah. This. But I, I just i I love the idea of the fifty five yeah. on him for the, for those like direct, immediate need. And if this was a knee jerk decision, whoever made that decision. They should have their own damn banner at UBS for that one decision alone. I I had not heard the uh, the sending out story because I just assumed that fifty five was just sort of like their their like the the jersey for the guys that just got showed that just showed up like you know it's like yeah. a training camp number they just gave it to them. But I always kind of felt like they wanted to give him fifty five because of the whole Dennis Potman thing. And like I said at the time, I thought it was really neat. But now I'm looking back and I'm like. That's an enormous. First of all, this guy's already facing an enormous amount of pressure now. You know that he's coming off of this long holdout. It was at least two months, if not. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, I think it was close. To the start in D- here in DC. Ha! Huh? Look, <laughs> look how we're tying things together. Uh, that start in DC was five weeks after his last start for the Leafs. Okay. So, but that's also you don't like. I didn't go through Hockey Reference to double check every starting goal. <laughs> you know, whoever the starters were for uh, for the Leafs at the beginning of the year, but. 
it had to, if they had Cujo. Yeah. I'm also dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria in Toronto. <laughs> I mean, how they yeah, right? like the marketing on that alone, and they traded one of these two. Yeah, right. It's oh, funny. Yeah, I, I know. The, the missed opportunities on like the silliest levels, everyone fails. But mm. he he spent at least five weeks on the bench, mm. and that's not you know, that maybe because it, it was a groin injury. It was either the groin injury at the be, uh, at the beginning of his tenure and a knee injury at the end, or vice versa. But it was a groin and a knee, and it's, it's yeah. just everything. <laughs> yeah, it's everything. Everything was stacked, but I, I don't think that, I don't think the pressure was on the external pressure was on him because he was going to the Islanders. Well, yeah, okay. So let's let's talk about his arrival at the Islanders. So again, they traded him for they traded for him for Brian Burrard, who was the Calder Trophy winner. Um, I've always had this sneaking suspicion that Mike Milbury traded Burrard, and I have no facts to back this up. I have no no details and anecdotally or concrete at all. This is mainly just a complete fabrication in my own mind that Mike Milbury thought that at some point Berard's contract was going to come up. He's going to come off his, his entry level contract and he's going to have to, he's going to want to get paid and Milbury won't be able to pay him. And I thought that I feel like he was like, I better trade this guy and get something for him. Now, did the Islanders need Felix Potvan? Well, that's a good question because as we've no. mentioned, <laughs> they had Tommy Sallow, who, by, you know, was a pretty good goalie playing on a very, very bad team. And the thing that I, I have to get off my chest, I have never seen a general manager fight with a starting goalie to the degree that Mike Milbury fought with Tommy Sallow. This dude hated Tommy Sallow, hated him for whatever reason, to the point where, he, right, as Mike said, made him cry in arbitration, traded for Felix Potvan. Did everything he could to undermine this guy. Now, I get that some people respond to, you know, somebody getting in their face and saying, you suck, and then they they get better at it. But A, Tommy Salo, clearly not one of those guys. And B, <laughs> if you're the general manager of a hockey team, isn't it kind of your job to know when your goalie isn't one of those guys? I'm not one of those guys either, so I'm not making fun of Tommy Salo because if somebody told me I suck, I'd be like, yeah, you're right, and I would just leave. So, I mean, <laughs> it's like I wouldn't want that either. Yeah. So. This trade was so odd for so many different things. And I was a huge Burrard fan. And so I tried to talk myself into being like, oh, all right, well, you know, now if they trade Sallow for something, then, okay, well, now you've rejiggered things and maybe it works out. But as we found out uh, eventually, and we'll talk about throughout the rest of the show, yeah, that, that didn't work out <laughs> at all in any way, shape, or form. No, and this is just another moment where Milbury should have listened to the people he hired around him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so one of the one of the things I found was from uh Fish Sticks, the mm-hmm. Alan Hahn Peter Body book. And cool. there's they go into part about the trade. Goaltending coach Stefan Lunner, who was hired by the Islanders because he had worked successfully with Sallow in the past for the Swedish national team, was puzzled by Milbury's decision. If you ask me I'm confused. To the, uh, the answer to that is yes, I'm confused. I didn't see the goaltending as the problem for this team. Now, that could be because he has a prior history with Sallow, or maybe he has eyes and realizes, you know, <laughs> goaltending is voodoo. Right. And if you put a good young goalie behind a bad team, right. you, not everything is going to go the, the way you want immediately. The following day, with his quote prominent in uh, Berman's story, Lunner walked into the Islanders' coaching office where the coaching staff was discussing Lunner's con- uh, comment. Lauren Henning, 
ever the dead deadpanning wisecracker didn't even look up from the paper when he greeted the unsuspecting lunar nice working with you he said well aware that millbury too reads the papers (laughs) so i he only stayed around till the end of that season apparently and well we all know because we all know what happened in march of 99 um he traded tommy for Matt's Lindgren. Right. And, <laughs> and, Mike, and Michael Lee Buff Ava. <laughs> and, well, this is the, the crazy thing. So, like, Pot fan, when, well, you know, just fast forwarding a little bit, he gets traded. They bring in Dave Scatchard as part of that trade. The Sallow package, not only is it Matt's Lindgren, but it's the eighth round pick that's used to select Radic Martinek. <laughs> Wait, so, God. hold up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, Millberry. Oh Millberry berating this guy putting you know doing all this crazy stuff to this goalie for no reason like <laughs> the one thing about tommy sallow i always remember is like he just he he had this you know the blonde hair he, he was a, a swedish kind of cool looking dude and you can almost put him in like the nhl now like i feel like tommy sallow yeah. can still play like he he does he's like not that distant from me even though he played when i was you know he started when i was like playing he started playing for the islanders when i was like four or five but uh yeah so milberry for for no reason that we know we have to ask him like what his deal is with Tommy Sal and Sal is now a GM in Sweden. So, you know, maybe we oh, wow. can, the, the two of them will you know run into each other at some convention or <laughs> whatever. But um, yeah, so Milberry treating him that way and basically running him out of town and training for pot fan in one of his like absolute manic moments of, of general managing landed us Radic Martinez. So I can't even be that mad at him. <laughs> Uh, if he if he treated Sallow with respect and and was a normal human being, maybe yeah. we don't even get to know Radic Martinek. I mean, this is the thing about Milbury, and I don't know if younger fans really understand this. Like, they just know Mike Milbury is the bad trades and things like that. But like, he was always doing shit like this, always opening his mouth, like undercutting his own players. Like, basically, I mean, even when he when he traded Berard. He said, uh, he's a dynamic young player. I'm concerned that he'll make me look a bit foolish in a run-and-gun offense like Toronto's, but I can't worry about that. No, Mike, you should have worried about that because eventually he did make you look foolish. (laughs) This whole trade, this whole scenario of your own making made you look foolish because you didn't need to do any of this if he instead had traded for, like, I don't know, guys that could play defense. And listen, I love Berard. I thought he was great, but he was an offensive player. Like, (laughs) he just happened to play defense. His defense did not come along. I don't know. know, The coaching at the time really didn't teach him how to play very good. He was like a minus 75, I think, in his second year in the league. So it was like, it was... That's not not his fault. No, no, not at all. But, you know, they needed help. And Salo needed help to prevent, you know, goals from going in the back of the net. Like, that team might have been okay if they had some some guys that were good at playing D, but they did not. But... uh, as John has mentioned a couple of times, Felix Potvin did get a start. I don't know if it was his first start or maybe his second start or whatever. It was in D.C. and uh, it was a loss. And in fact, his first five starts with the Islanders were all losses. <laughs> yeah. Craig Berube, number 27, out with Eagles and Hunter. And they score! Hunter from behind the net! It must have deflected off of Potvan, and it's 3-1 to one Washington. You don't have to be a mind reader to have a, an educated guess of what Tommy Sallow must be thinking. 
Starts ahead for Washington. Up to Juno on right wing. Cross ice, flash for a drive, and Putman kicks that one out. Now Juno quickly recovers and centers, and it's pushed wide as Nemchinov did all he could with Jan Bullis, who was driving to the net and made the deflection. And Juno got back in center to make a play, preventing an Islander rush. Pavanka to Mirinov, and Putman made a glove save on a sizzler by Dmitry Mirinov, but the Capitals, who have gone in front by two, will look to add to that, a Washington power play. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. He made a few, you know, good saves in, in that game, but. Uh, ultimately, he starts his, his Islanders tenure with five straight losses. He get, did get a win in Boston, uh, and then two more losses, and then a tie, and then a win in New Jersey, and then a loss in Toronto, and then the season was over because that team wasn't going to the playoffs. Um, I mean, do what you remember the, any these games? Yeah, specifically, actually, or? yeah, I actually do. Um, <laughs> October tenth, nineteen ninety nine, versus the Colorado Avalanche okay. with Patrick Waugh. Oh my God! And they beat That's them. A matchup. They beat them. <laughs> Oh, they, that's right. I remember that game. I just can't the point, did Claude the Point have a goal in that game? Or my Yes, he did. Oh. I th- yeah, I think he did. And it was one of those, like, I found the ESPN article because the most random uh, game recaps are still... Wait, are, can, you know, can I just guess the score? Because if it is, then I was there. Did the Islanders win 4-1? Uh, it was either 4-1 or 4-2, yeah. Yeah, because I wow. remember I had to write, like, a, a report, like, a, you know, <laughs> what did you do over the weekend kind of thing. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I wrote about going to this game. That's um, no, it was a 4-2 win. So goals, uh, goal and assist from rookie Tim Connolly, a goal and two assist from uh, the Polish Prince of Peace, Mario <laughs> Strakowski. And I do believe uh, uh, Matt Slingren had a goal and I want to... Matt Slingren. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, they were referencing a slash by Claude. Um. Oh, fun fact, I had a class with uh, Tip Connolly's sister. Oh, wow. We, were the, we should have been the same year. I took a longer path out of undergrad. I should have. <laughs> but um, I walked in, sat down. She's on Isles hat, and she actually got disgusted. And I'm like, why? <laughs> My brother plays for them. I look at her and go, wait a second. You <laughs> look. Yeah, I look. That's my brother. And I'm like, I won't say anything. And wow. we actually, like, no, we got along like all semester because That's I didn't funny. mention the Islanders because when, you know, when you go to school next door to where your brother plays professionally and your brother's right. getting just annihilated in the papers, <laughs> you don't want to make things, you know, a lot of the ink spilled about Tim Connolly was mm, not, not fair. No. Because again, yeah. look at, look at, look at when he came up. It Tim was Connolly cool. was, Tim Connolly was a little bit like Josh Bailey before Josh Bailey. 
Like yes. He was an 18 year old yes. kid thrown out into a team that no 18 year old should have ever come 10 within 10 miles of no. and was just thrown to the wolves. And, and he could have been really good. He had all the skills in the world. He just couldn't finish. And uh, yeah, eventually he was traded for Michael Pecka, but that's yeah. amazing that you remember that game against the avalanche and that Mike was actually there. <laughs> like, that's yeah. Like, like just, I mean, I'm, I went through looking at my tickets. It was just be like, you know, he was there for th- 33 games. Right. It's entirely possible that, you know, that junior and senior of high school, junior and senior year of high school for me, you know, from where I grew up in Connecticut, the Coliseum is only, you know, an hour and change, you know, mm-hmm. the Coliseum is like an hour plus, you know, if, especially if you drive like a maniac <laughs> to get there after school. And it's like, I went to a lot of games and I'm looking at some of these tickets going, yeah, I saw his, one of his two wins that year. That's really one funny. Of, like I saw the bulk of his career and again, 33 games yeah um actually if you notice i changed my profile picture to uh me and the man uh at one of the um it, remember when they did the super skills co- competitions in, during preseason i think so or like right oh, before, yeah. yeah yeah so i went to, yes, i went yeah. to the yeah i went to the uh the 99 and 2000 98 and 99 well wh- whatever those were kind of meet a bunch of these guys like mm, uh popping and flarity and they're like Here's a guy who I, th- who I think is on your list, Wade Flaherty. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, again, great person from everything you hear. One of the most mediocre goaltenders that ever played for this team. And inexplicably had some of those, like, would lose to expansion Nashville. Yeah. Or expansion, <laughs> you know, uh, Minnesota. And then go, I'm going to shut out Detroit tonight. Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> are, what, what is going on here? So, but again, yes. I'm looking at these tickets going, I remember being there because I have the ticket stub, but I don't remember any, they lost. And it was in that, and that, like that Capitals game, he, he played the Capitals once, maybe twice. He lost both. He played the Rangers once. He lost that. And that was the, that was the frustrating thing because he gets brought in to be the better goalie. Like this is a, this is a kid when he was a kid. He came up under the tutelage of Grant Fuhr in Toronto. Grant, you could say that Grant Fuhr led to Radek uh, Martinek, and it's just <laughs> mind-boggling. So, oh my God! But again, outside of the fifty-five save game, yeah, he had a, a fifty-five save game in a four-two win over the Devils uh, near the end of his first year with the Islanders. Which again, fifty-five kind of figures prominently in this mm-hmm. man's life on Long Island. It was everything, everything else around him. Like I said before, I loved the gear, mm. but the gear actually became more iconic than him in his tenure. Cause so he came in with the Leafs gear and he's mm. got the black and blue looks really cool. It's those coho five fifties that it was a set that he was the only NHLer to wear that design. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was like coho uh, modified the um, like the base set for him, or they really just said, we made the five fifties for you because you're the future. Like Patrick Waugh, had his own distinct coho models yeah. for a couple of years. And then like specific guys like Luongo would always have uh, like a year or two after Wad debuted a new set of cohos. It was Luongo who got the uh, backup, who would be the next one to be like bequeathed the Wad <laughs> design. Yeah. So he, he comes out, he plays a couple of games, he gets hurt. And then all of a sudden he's got those just atrocious. Could you imagine those orange and blue 550s with the orange road cones 
of yeah. two thousand of like two thousand two, two thousand three. It would have been an eyesore. <laughs> it would have been like, I'm, oh my god, this is. Yeah. It would have been glorious. Side, no- <laughs> side note: the players actually shot down orange socks for that uniform setup. They thought it was too really? much orange. Yes, oh, wow. there were orange socks designed <laughs> to go with that, those jerseys, and the That's players fun. shot them down. Oh, I didn't know um, that. So imagine that much more orange. Yeah, right. But then, then out of the blue, and I think it was, I, I think it was at the end of the ninety-eight, ninety-nine season. But it was definitely for the, you know, for the couple of hours of the ninety-nine, two thousand season. He had two different sets of Brian's gear that featured the cat face. Mm-hmm. He went. He switched brands mid-season for reasons or <laughs> i think it was I, I think it was towards the end of that season but he switched and i think it had to do with the injury again another article i thought i saw somewhere else that he switched brands because of the injury because he went with brian's for the rest of his career um he had a whole navy blue base navy blue with orange accent cat head set and then i don't know what it was and i think it was because in the <laughs> in the article for the October 2nd, 1999, the season, the season opening game article towards the end, it says, Potven, who has been uh, the source of trade speculation, it's the first game of the, it's the first game of the season coming out of training camp where he's, you know, his only training camp with the Islanders and ESPN is already reporting that he is the subject <laughs> of trade speculation. Well, I mean, look um, at the goalies that, that we right. went through from, I know it's and just insane. It we, is. we went from Tommy Soderstrom to Chris Osgood mm, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and we only had Osgood for a year and a half, but, right. but he stabilized things. Got yeah. that jersey too, by the way. But, but um, in between, there was Sallow and Fisho and Flaherty and Potvan and Cousineau, yeah, yeah. and Van Beesbrook and Weeks. Oh, yeah. Alaquette got in Alaquette. there. Terrari. It's just it's the yeah. yeah. So he he brought Mike was, out this... Mike was on some some sort of thing going with the goalie. <laughs> he hated goalies. He, he just hated, hated goalies. goalies. He really oh, did. I got oh I. Uh... I got some things about Milbury. I don't think I he's want to say like, in a recorded he, podcast. He's basically, you know what he is, is he's like, we're, we're all this fan at some point. Mm. You're sitting in the, the, in the gods and Nassau Coliseum and uh, Jan Denis lets in a softy and you're just like, you know, screw it. Like, get this guy. I boo, you're booing him and whatever. But Mil- the only difference was Milbury could trade him. Right. Like, we couldn't go down there and trade Jan Denis. <laughs> and, no. and Milbury couldn't either because he wasn't the GM at the time. But you get the point. Like he oh, could yeah. go downstairs and and you know Chris Osga lets in a softy. We're trading you you for Justin Papano, brother. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, that's well, that's what I was gonna say. Was that he, so? Felix Pavan again, as we mentioned before, he only played thirty three games at the Islanders. He played eleven games in the first year when he was traded in uh, ninety eight ninety nine, and then in ninety nine two thousand, he played twenty two more games, went five fourteen and three before the trade. So. He finished his Islanders career, 33 games played, seven wins, 21 losses, and four ties. That is an unbelievable record for a guy who came in with quite a bit of promise. And like John's been saying, like he looked cool. And like we were saying before, he had the co- the nickname, he had the pads, he had the, you know, he came in. I mean, his name was Felix, which is his cool name was too. Felix, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> like when he took the mask off, it's like some vaudeville villain. Yeah, because like, he like he only had the chin and the mustache. Like it didn't grow in, but he looked like like he looked like he was going to go capture your fiance and put her on a railroad tracks. Yeah, he was and like he, he was sh- like a a fur trapper in the eighteen yeah. nineties. Uh, you know, like he looked he had a cool look about him. But 
everything else about his Islanders tenure was totally uncool, was the less co- the least cool thing you could possibly think of. And I, I just, I don't remember this too. I, this must've been from his first game and they had this hype video that was playing before the game. And the hype video, and I, I, I really wish this was on YouTube. It never will because it was like Islanders property. And I just, I, cause I just want somebody to back me up and tell me that I'm not crazy because I did witness this. It was him making saves in warmups. Like, you know how saves in the warmups are made where he's like sort of gingerly sort of stopping pucks while guys kind of like loop around him. And so he's doing this and he's making these really, these simple saves. But the background, the music in the background is Cat Scratch Fever by Ted Nugent. I remember this to this day and I'm thinking to myself, that is the lamest hype video i've ever seen for anything in my entire life i don't know who put this together i don't know whose idea this was well i don't know if i know i dreamed this but it was bad the, <laughs> it was the, terrible the hype video that that i'll always remember was you know obviously there's the iconic you know i'm, I'm ryan smith and i'm an islander like when they were doing that <laughs> when they they literally had to remind you like oh no this guy's an islander guys it's for real it's for real he's coming he's not he's not staying over overseas like we traded for him and he's coming he's actually here uh it's uh they they used to play the hype video of uh it was an animated sparky as like a pirate and he was yes. on the islander ship and he would attack the other team like the flyers would be in town and, and sparky would board and take over their ship uh and it was uh-huh. the pirates of the caribbean theme song going that that, that was the one that always That's got funny. me going I yeah that, that was not a fever dream that happened I, saw <laughs> yes, that. That was, I just the, i remember that game there was a game against the senators and martin prusak was in goal for the senators and um wow. he forgot to turn around for the dual national anthems and he was like getting it from the crowd you know people yeah. calling martin prusak uh you know like a commie or whatever um <laughs> just because he just didn't realize but they they i just remember them playing that video before and just knowing being like yeah the islanders they're gonna win this game and then the senators just absolutely plastered them as they always did yes exactly yeah um they they need to post they need to go and post some of those old hype videos or just like the intermission or just like the random intermission ones because i know dan and i you would talk to one uh one point about the um the godzilla 98 Yes, Chara. the Chara one. I want you to blow it, up Madison Square Garden. Right. That was and then it. they blow. And the best part was they blow it up. And but he didn't actually do anything when it blows up. All I remember is him doing that, like very stereotypical. And I'm doing it right now, so I can like get in, like get in the moment. He's holding his stick, and then he just looks up. Yeah, how they do that with like all the players in the intro, like they like yeah. that turn and like surprised look. But right. he's just he's making he's just big making Chara face in the fire of the exploding Madison Square That's Garden. Funny. And they that needs, yeah, that needs to come back. Like, if they're going to do this whole, they should have done it last year. But if they're going to do this whole 50th anniversary and they're going to bring things out of the woodwork, you That's bring, it. you got to bring everything. Bring everything. Yeah. 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 I, I've always said, like, you know, I, I once had a conversation with someone who joined the Islanders, like in a business role a couple of years ago. Um, this was in the Lamarillo regime, and he's just like, yeah, I'm just you know picking picking your brain. Someone give me your number, whatever. He's like, like, what's one thing we don't do that you want us to do? He's like, you acknowledge the weird stuff. Like yeah. it happened. Like <laughs> trust me. Like like Charles Wong wanted a sumo wrestler to play goalie. It really happened. Like that. That was a that was a thing that like he suggested. He thought it was a good idea. Hey, can see the logic by the way. Like, but uh, it's th- that stuff. Like we. That's part of what makes the Islanders the Islanders. Like you, you gotta talk about 
that stuff you got to talk about the the fact that you just never knew if if the game was just going to not be played because there was like an asbestos thing or or like the lights weren't going to be working <laughs> at the roof, Coliseum yeah. one day. Yeah, like you know, like that. Like there's yeah. there's a lot. The board was going to fall. That was a big one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always there's always just leaks. Right. Uh, but so uh, yeah, and and yeah. that is part of it. Is like we went for you know you 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 watch like Vegas and and Montreal and now the Islanders a little bit with with the way that they're doing this stuff and you think about watching the Islanders hype videos from these days on, on, uh, on the, those jumbotrons, even like in a, before a big game, a uh, big playoff game. I remember when they played uh, the blue jackets in what was like the last game at the mm-hmm. Coliseum and got right. there early. I was like really excited for the hype video. And then just watching it on that jumbotron, being like, mm. man, you know, like I get it, like you're limited, but it could have been if, if this was in Montreal, people would be sobbing in the, you know, right. in the in the crowd, and they'd be like raising players who played from the, you know, 1918 Montreal Canadiens <laughs> from from the grave. It's so, but yeah, yeah. that's that's well, just people were yeah, sobbing. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, there was one. There was another quote. There was another quote I found from uh, Peter Body's book, going off with the uh, the pot van sucks. But when it happened at the Coliseum, other teams, probably you know, especially the Ranger, right, like Ranger fans, would chant "Pop Van sucks." But apparently, there was a response of "We know," and, <laughs> and I don't remember that. Me but either, but that's great. I, it's it's fantastic. Like, who boy? I remember just chanting "We suck" at at various games too. <laughs> It's just part of the Islanders' experience. It was. Well, that's, this was during the Mike Must Go era, too, yeah. so we changed all kinds of stuff. So anyway, uh, as we've been uh, teasing for a while, Podvan's time with the Islanders was very short. He was traded eventually. He, he was acquired, like John said, January 9th, 1999. He was traded December 19th of 1999, not even a year. Um, the, it just wasn't working and so mike like like mike was saying like mike milbury had just seen enough and was like i gotta get rid of this guy so we ended up trading him to vancouver with a second round pick that was used on a guy named Tamu line which is the combination of two of everybody's favorite fins but in a guy who never made the nhl as far as i know and a third round pick uh who became somebody named thatcher bell uh traded to vancouver for bill muckall dave scatchard and kevin weeks now at least Scatchard went on to become a bit of an Islanders folk hero himself. Weeks was not here for very long before he was traded to Tampa uh, in the great DiPietro gambit of 1999 or 2000, whatever it was that he was traded. And then McCall, he went a whole season. He was eventually traded to the Senators in the Zdeno Chara Yashin trade and went an entire season, I think, scoring one goal. So there you go. But Scatchard was around for a while. But that wasn't it for old Felix. He eventually was traded to L.A. And he, he had a bit of a career resurgence. He ended up getting Vezina votes in 0102 uh, for the Kings. He signed with Boston, which I don't think anybody really remembers. And uh, one thing we found in our research was that he almost came back as an Atlanta thrasher. But uh, he didn't have equipment that conformed to NHL standards. And he didn't want to get the two-way contract and play in the minors. So, uh this this Thrasher signed Steve Shields and said au revoir, Felix, and that was the end of that. So we were all so, denied a chance, it, a last chance at the cat. So it, it's funny that his that his gear once again comes in, into play in his career, right? Because, yeah. Like I've never played organized hockey in my life, and I'm sitting here telling you like all this like you know gear stuff, but <laughs> his he went back to Coho's, and if you look at a picture of him in the Bru- with the Bruins, like they're going up to his belt, they like. <laughs> 
it, and Kay Whitmore and uh, a friend of mine jumped in on this because uh, we were going back and forth. I'm like, were you the one who told me about the 55, you know, in, in deeper detail than I knew, but he's, he, you know, he followed up with the bit about the threat, you know, with the Bruins and he goes, Kay Whitmore, who had just come on as the gear guru for the league, mm-hmm. he was shutting down, you know, the, the, the tall gear because mm-hmm. Pat Van, in, in one article, it's like, you know, Rick Wamsley and Grant Fuhrer, you know, because that's how old he is now. Um, they're saying, like, he's this big kid who could deal with angles. I'm like, he's like six foot. Yeah, he was not a big guy. <laughs> no, but for but this is, you know, we, you're coming out of the Grant Fuhrer's, the Mike Vernon's, mm. the, you know. Oh, yeah. Compared to those side. guys, he was Ben Bishop, basically. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, his the fact that his gear was so tall and he's just like, look, I'm old. I got drafted in 90. You want me to play in 2005? I'm not. <laughs> I'm just, I'm no, I'm not doing this. So he came back for that. But yeah, what you're saying about LA, like he, he led the Kings on two reasonable playoff runs. Right. Um, I mean, got to the second round in 01. They got beaten to death by the avalanche because yeah. that was the 01 avalanche that mm. beat everyone to death. And then um, they lost to the Red Wings one year too, right? Or was yeah. But, Dan Cloutier, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was also like, Hey, look, like, he still, you know, he still had it. But again, right. if with every st- <laughs> with every stop, he had another knee injury in Vancouver. Get yeah. another knee or groin or you know that like you know core whatever injury with LA. Mm-hmm. When he signed with Boston, like I completely, I I knew what happened, but at the time I was like, no, this, <laughs> sure, whatever. But f- funny story about that: St. Patrick's Day weekend of '04. A bunch of my friends from uh, from college are from the Boston area, and we went up for the Dropkick Murphys uh, weekend of St. Patrick's Day shows. We're standing outside Avalon Ballroom, and th- this is on Lansdowne, like it's literally behind the Green Monster. <laughs> and I'm standing in, in, we're standing in line, we're killing time, and my friends are like, "What are you staring at?" <laughs> and I see this guy look real greaser, like Mike Ness looking guy in a leather jacket. It's Felix Potvin. Oh my god! It was him, Nick, uh, Nick Boynton, Nick Boynton, um, Andrew Raycroft, Brian Ralston, and Jonathan Gerard. Wow! We're all special guests of Dropkick Murphys because, <laughs> because of Nick Boynton at this show. Because apparently, Nick Boynton and uh, Ken Casey, the bass player, you know, co-lead singer of Dropkick, they they're like best friends. Wow. So like these guys all got up, like Nick Boynton and Brian Ralston actually got on stage and like sang with them. Good Lord. Yes. So <laughs> I don't remember this for reasons we shall not go into on this show. Um, Boston College, St. Patrick's Day weekend, do your math. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised you remember this much at all. <laughs> uh, it's because it happened so long ago. <laughs> so but like, I just remember seeing him go in the VIP and, and my friends are like, what the, who is that's Felix Potvin, and the wow. and even the Boston guys are going, who? Right. He was, he, play, I, he was a goalie. He played for the Island. They're just looking at me like I'm insane. And I'm like, shut up. It's Felix Potvin. Trust me. We go in, and lo and behold, Dropkick Murphys point to their friends from the Bruins, and I go, look, it's Felix Potvin. We don't care. <laughs> like, I, thanks, guys. But there's my personal uh, 
story connection to this you know it's a lot cooler than the uh kavasha polo shirt but it's still like he cut ahead of me in line at dropkick murphy's that's astounding <laughs> it is it's fantastic <laughs> brian ralston um, you got it yeah he's, he's oh, ralston patron saint of this podcast <laughs> yeah i do want to go back to something about the trade to vancouver mm-hmm. and i think this goes into some of milbury's milbury ing so <laughs> when they acquired him he immediately became the highest paid player on the team. Do you know how much he was making for that season? It be probably like $3 million? I, It can't be much. I mean, yeah. like, lemonade stands had higher budgets than the yeah. Islanders did back then, so. Uh, and and who, who, I mean, I'm going to guess it's around $3 million and and they had negotiated with Toronto that Toronto would probably pay it. No, Toronto, from my knowledge, Toronto, uh, Toronto sent the entire contract over. $2.7 million. <laughs> When he, so he came in during that year, and I think Mike may have known that he was trading for a soon-to-be expiring contract because ninety-nine two thousand was a contract year for him, mm-hmm. another two point seven cap hit because this is before GMs are going crazy with, you know mm-hmm. the, you know the ge- the geometry of a contract instead of value instead of just you know money, right. so he was making two point seven the next year and when he got traded to vancouver i'm sorry um this is not like a book report but it's turning into a book <laughs> report i'm just quoting other people dealing pot van in vancouver saved money and money wise too all in all the aisle saved six hundred fifty thousand dollars in the deal and that can't be overlooked considering the club's penchant to dump high salaries potvin had a team high 2.7 million while the trio of canucks were making a total of 2.05 potvin 28 was the highest paid islander of their making 2.7 of their $18 million payroll. He was 5-14-3 with a 3.2 goals against average. The deal leaves the Islanders' payroll at approximately $17 million, or 30% of what the Rangers were spending. Yeah. Again, another just look at at where the Islanders were at a point in time. The New York Times and the New York Post, like the two opposite ends of the news spectrum, were covering the Islanders with just great diligence and we're yeah. giving up and there there are quote there are amazing quotes through all, both from both of these publications about for, just about how poorly all of this was handled and but the but the math coming out of that 17 million dollars for the entire roster was 30 percent of the rangers well that was that was gluckstern and, and the milstein brothers that was their whole thing was to they they wanted to get down to if I'm not mistaken, like maybe 14 or 15 million. Like that was why they had to trade Ziggy Palfi because they, mm-hmm. they, they signed him in 99 in December. And then they, they traded him right after like the end of that year because they, they wanted to cut salary. So I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm as, I'm almost surprised that it was as high as it was <laughs> 17 million. Um, one, one last quote here. Uh, Cause there are, I, this, I, I am fascinated by this time period when the post and the, and the times had regular people, covering the Islanders, but just back from the, the, the trade with Toronto, uh, Tom Laidlaw, who was Brian Berard's agent who uh, played uh, for the Rangers. Obviously he gave a great quote to the uh, times. Uh, no, sorry. This is to uh, CBS, CBC uh, that said uh, he's excited to play in a city like Toronto where hockey means so much. So that gives you all you need to know about yeah. the Islanders there. But, uh, but yeah, so wow, we have we have said a mouthful and then some about 
Felix Potvin, a man who played 33 games <laughs> total with the Islanders and won seven of them. His career record, 635 games played, 266 wins, 260 losses, 85 ties is not it's not bad. I mean, he no. played on a lot of bad teams, but his record with the Islanders, man, it's just I mean, so Mike, do you have any recollection of of Potvin being traded to Vancouver? And was it a relief? Did did people feel a lot better in the arena when you went after that <laughs> trade than they were before I just, it? With the, I mean, I don't, I don't have a recollection of it. I, I remember him get, when he got traded, like being like, "Oh, he's gone now," and you know that was that was weird. Uh, mm. But then um, I just want to read. So Pot Van was uh, from he played from ninety nine to two thousand. Um, so here's the goalies that he can't, he either played with at the same time and then the ones that immediately came after him to Osgood. Just just so we know it's Wade Flaherty was playing with Pot Van, so was Marcel Cousineau. Uh he got to cross paths, I believe, with Kevin Weeks uh there. Then it was Steve Valaket for or six games. Roberto Luongo, John Van Viesbrook, Chris Terreri, Rick DiPietro, Gar Snow, Chris Osgood. That covers uh, not not including DiPietro who obviously played until 2013. The Islanders had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, skipping DPHO, I'll skip snow too. Nine. Nine goalies uh spanning that that nineteen ninety-nine to two thousand three. Nine. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And but I just want to say one more time that how happy I am that this all happened because, you know, in in a, in a weird way, Felix Potvan gave us Radic Martinek and, and that's really all that matters. <laughs> I mean, if if you take away anything from this entire episode. That is the thing that somehow the Felix Potvin for Brian Berard trade resulted in the Islanders drafting Radic Martinez. <laughs> it's this is a spiritual awakening for many people once they hear this. <laughs> the, he could also be the topic of another team's fan base's weird, weird Kings, weird Canucks, weird Bruins <laughs> subject because I mean the what's the warranty? Two uh two hundred games, two years is basically the the cutoff for. No, it's weird. less than a season if possible. Okay, uh, and he fits right in with us. <laughs> He's got three though three years, one hundred thirty six games at the Kings. Hmm. Two years, thirty three games here. Yeah, two years, sixty nine games at the Canucks, and one year, twenty eight games with the Bruins. This is after three hundred sixty nine games at the Leafs. Yeah, but like he just he oh he he's moving on next weird right. goalie. He could have been a flyer. He oh, really? Been a, he was so he, he was rumored to be in the Eric Lindros deal uh, because we all we all know the the core of the story. It came down to the Rangers and Flyers, but Montreal had a had a bid in that included Patrick Waugh, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Blackhawks had a package in there that allegedly included Ed, Ed Belfour, but the Leafs had a deal, at least again rumored. Potvin, Wendell Clark, Peter Zezel, Dave Ellett. Wow. So Potvin, because Potvin, if I also remember correctly, was rumored to go to the Flyers if the Flyers didn't get Van Beesbrook. Oh, oh so later on. Yeah, So, it, but, yeah. but he still fit into that, 
like you know Richter to the Panthers, Van Buren yeah. to the Flyers. Well, but Richter, Mike Richter the was earmarked for the Flyers every year for like fifteen years because he's from Philly, and so every yeah, time exactly. his contract was up, he was going to go play for the Flyers, and he never did. Oh, I know it's <laughs> it's um, it's absolutely amazing. There was one thing I've been. It, it goes back to his aesthetic, and this is something I actually was telling Mike about. Like I have a gem that I need to bring up here. <laughs> his nickname is the Cat. We his nickname is the Cat because Felix the Cat. Right. Why is his mask designed the way it is? Well, let me tell you. This is from a Hockey News article <laughs> from just a, 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 almost like one of their the pre-BuzzFeed listicles. It's easy to make the connection between Felix the Cat cartoon and Poppin's nickname. But while most people assume his mask continues the Felix the Cat theme, his design was inspired by another famous form of feline. Artist Greg Harrison saw images from the Broadway musical Cats and incorporated them into the mask design, which is cat-inspired, but is more abstract than the anatomical in its depiction of the animal. His mask was inspired by the mainstay of the Winter Garden Theater. <laughs> My God. Those commercials scared the bejesus out of me, man. Yeah. I was so afraid of those growing up. Now and forever. The mostly, Winter Garden Theater. Mostly because uh-huh. like they would come on, like you'd be watching like a Yankee playoff game and it'd be like six or seven or eight I'd watch and then all of a sudden cats like that's a that's a, a lot to take in as a as a kindergartner scary i mean i guess i could see it a little bit but i don't know it's, <laughs> no. it's more dinosaur than broadway cats i don't know i mean it, no it, no no i mean if you go with the modern version with james corden and taylor oh, swift, taylor swift. And dame, <laughs> you know i almost said dame edna but dame judy dench like also let, let's see how old i am if i'm pulling out that reference um <laughs> No, it's just, it's a cool, if you just, if, if I had never found this article, I would never look at, I would still look at the mask in the same. That's just cool. Yeah. But no. Cool mask. <laughs> Cats That's so on cool. Broadway at the Winter Garden yeah. Theater inspired a decade and a half of masks. <laughs> well, they did say now and forever. So now and forever. And, and Felix Potvin will live now and forever into the annals of Weird Islanders, the podcast. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, John. I, I got to tell you, Mike and I have been waiting for this for a long time, and we couldn't be happier that you're here telling to us these stories and this uh, trivia about Felix Potvin. You mentioned her blog before. I completely spaced on it before, but tell everybody about it, uh, how it got started real quick. And uh, you, you do update it every once in a while. It's not quite as you know uh, frequently as you used to do, but you do no. do updates every once in a while, right? Yeah, so it's Capital District Islander. Um, I live on Capitol Hill in DC and it's a shout out to the what three years of the Capitol District Islanders <laughs> up in Albany. Um look, I'm what's a Hofstra. Sorry, Hofstra. Like my creative creativity, you know, has limits, but it just seemed like a natural fit. There was a time with one kid I could do, you know, like stay up and do things and like I thought I was like, I'm gonna be a blogger. No, you're <laughs> just gonna be a jerk with the with the internet at your fingers. But <laughs> I've basically turned it into like the goalie quizzes where I've, you know, mm. I have really bad, really fun, really bad apps on my phone, which allow me to like erase parts of pictures. And, I'm a, and I want you to guess who this goalie is just based on their gear. Um, or I do deep dives on like the Trevor Linden jersey yeah. that or the, that one thing came from one of your one of the other weird Islanders. There was a Sergei Nemchinov. 
episode. Yes. <laughs> like I'm listening to this going, no, Dan, not hallucinating. Something weird <laughs> happened because the Sabres did it too. And, ever, and everyone forgot that fever dream. But I went and found it and it's real. And That's but funny. again, like I, you know, whenever my brain comes up with something just off and I think people need to, you know, if I thought it, you need to see it. That's where I <laughs> that's where I dump in Capital District Islander. So um, and again, if I'm not doing that, Mike and I are just sharing, you know, f- finding like a ludic- ludicrously obscure Oleg Kavasha like highlight clips on YouTube <laughs> from like, the, you know, the Central Red Army teenage team going through like you know ontario in 1994 how we how we haven't talked about cricket is beyond me (laughs) um which look there was at one point when things were especially dire i think i was texting mike i'm like what if you and i just like threw dan for a loop and recorded uh an england anxiety and i had photoshopped together like an, an england cricket but with like islanders colors like banner and be like what if we just like all of a sudden we start talking about the ashes That's and nice. just threw it into it threw it into the uh weird islanders feed and just see what dan would say i feel like he wouldn't be that surprised no, no yeah would... <laughs> be like wait i had a week off that's Cricket's awesome the best. <laughs> <laughs> Really well, we we had a before coming on, we had a whole conversation about wrestling. So uh, yeah, hey, so, we go anywhere here. <laughs> indeed, and I'm I really I really want to thank you for this. This has been so much fun. I was like, my wife was like, "You're really hyped for this." I'm like, I'm really hyped for that. <laughs> and I'm just you know, I'm I'm glad we got to just it, it's a it's an homage, it's a remembrance. It's yes. look, the weird shit has happened to this team for the longest time, and if you can't. If you can't vent about it, it just it builds up into something painful. But again, yeah. it was it wasn't his fault. No, that's I mean, if 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 there's a takeaway here, he was he was injured and got forced out. And then he was injured and got forced out. Where's the where's the blame on him? This is very goodwill hunting at the end. Very much. This is mm. you grab. This is you grabbing Matt Damon. It's not, it's not your fault. Feel it. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> that's perfect. Perfect. Perfect way to end this. And uh, yeah, if anybody out there is knows Felix Potvin, please grab him by the lapels and it's not his fault <laughs> because because three Highlanders fans said so. Uh, but uh, no, this has been a great time, John. We'll we'll get John again at some point, I'm sure. And uh, we thank you so much for coming on. Everybody needs to check out. First of all, you need to follow Oleg Kava at Oleg Kavasha on Twitter. Do it as soon as you hear this. You won't regret it. I promise you. It's great stuff all the time. And check out Capital District Islander. There's a lot of blog posts there that go back. And again, uh, I'll link to the the one, the Trevor Linden jersey one, because boy, that that's some kind of pull, man. I don't even know. Like the deep dive you did on a jersey, these this team did wore one time, uh, and all the little the little details about it is really astonishing. So check it out and and uh, you know follow follow John on Twitter and and read his blog. Uh, Michael Leboff, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski, as always. Read his work at Action Network. This has been quite a deep dive into, again, a guy who played all of 33 games for <laughs> this team over the course of two years. But that's the kind of service we provide here at Weird Islanders, the podcast. So we will be back again with you very soon. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day, of course. And uh, until we speak again, keep the Islanders weird. Okay, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Just a